Hey, everybody, I want to welcome you to this week's edition of the Get Your Geek On podcast. As always, we are your hosts, Charles Kiewatz, Robert Dokes, and Anthony Arsenio. And we are taking a look at the best and latest geek news of the week, starting off hot topics with some new news this week. And that is, uh, start off the killing joke, turns out, is actually going to be released in theaters for a one-night run before it comes out on DVD. Thank God. I'm actually really excited about that. That's something I'll definitely be going to see. I will definitely see that as well. And I've already checked it. We'll be playing at our local theater. So oh, good. And the, uh, the AMC? Yeah. So definitely excited for that. For those of you that aren't going to be able to make it to Comic-Con, we actually get a better experience of seeing it in the theater. So I am really excited about that. Lots of great DC news this week. It was also announced that Injustice 2, the long-rumored sequel to, in my opinion, one of the greatest games of all time, has been set for a March 2017 release. Uh, the right. trailer was released, confirming some new characters, such as Supergirl, Gorilla Grodd, and Atrocitus, among many others. So I'm definitely excited to see this game. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the original. I play it all the time. You guys? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I definitely had it. It was nice to see it because that's what they built the MKX engine off of. And now that they've MKX has been out and been perfected, it's interesting to see how they take that technology and put it into Injustice 2. I wonder if it's going to be uh, an original story or a sequel to the first story. I think it's sequel to the first story because Superman no, is... if you read the comics, that's, that storyline's wrapped up. This is going to be an entirely new storyline. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the comics were a prequel. They just finished up year five this week, right? One thing I noticed, though, if you watch that trailer... The Flash's armored suit seems to be like a lot what we saw in Batman vs Superman. The way that the helmet comes over him yeah. and things like that. So that was really cool for me. It's to all see. about that rebirth synergy. Jeff Jones has been talking. I'm about. I'm just ecstatic to get the other lanterns in it because I, I can't wait to play as Atrocitus. Atrocitus, Red Lantern cool. hype. I, let me get an orange lantern in there, and that game will be perfect for me. <laughs> What's and, mine is mine. Really? What's mine is mine. And, and then mine, uh, and mine and not yours. We'd actually talked about this a little bit on AC on DC, but. Uh, I could call it sad news if you wanted to say that. It was announced that the next DC animated movie will, in fact, be Justice League Dark. Uh, It had long been rumored that Guillermo del Toro was going to take that as a live-action movie, but uh, it appears that that is not going to be the case. uh, Well, maybe if it does well, it will happen. Looks like the rumored cast members, one that we didn't get yesterday, are Spectre, Constantine, Deadman, Swamp Thing, and Zatanna. I like all of that. I'm definitely, definitely excited to see Spectre on the screen. That's oh, yeah. one of my and Dead Man and Swamp Thing. But I think, you know, going animated, they're going to get to get, and especially with Killing Joke going rated R, I think this one could go R, but I think they're going to get away with a really good storyline here doing the animated route with this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A lot of those characters have such good chemistry together because they're all so different. And I think you can get that chemistry much better in the animated medium than trying to yeah. throw together a bunch yeah, of true. DC is much better with the animated storytelling, and I think we'll, when we see with Justice League Dark, uh, not getting the live-action version, the fact that they're willing to make an animated movie just shows that they can put a better time in the story into it, which I want to see. And from Chuck's rumor mill, hopefully this one comes true, Anthony, I have it on high authority that at Comic-Con the announcement will be made that after Justice League Dark, Blackest Night will be the next DC Whoa, animated really? movie. Yes. Whoa. Which thoroughly excites me. It's my favorite storyline ever made. That's I think crazy. It I wonder make... how they'll adapt it. It would, it would, you can go straight from, I mean, yeah, you can tie so. in the Titans, you can bring everything. That could be like a good two, two and a half hour movie. Oh, but boy. I'm ecstatic to see that. So I'm definitely excited for that one. So lots of great news coming out of DC World. Uh, lots of great casting news broke this week as we got into the show. Uh, one of the ones I am really excited about is that Sir Anthony Hopkins is joining the cast of Transformers 5 The Last Night. Uh, no word yet as to who he's playing, but it's nice to see some real star power joining the cast of that along with Mark Wahlberg. Um, and Anthony Hopkins really doesn't do crappy movies, so it kind of leads me to believe there must be something in this plot, at least for his character. 
I'm wondering if it's a little more along the lines he's going to play a voice. Oh more, yeah, more, more no, uh, no, he's not doing a voice. He's a, he's an actual character. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. interesting. All right. So I'm really excited, and there's also rumors that Shia LaBeouf may be rejoining the cast for this one, which I actually wouldn't mind to see. It's the one thing I've liked him in. Tie it all in together. Yeah, tie it all in. I, I, you know what? But that being said, though, Mark Wahlberg was a pretty good replacement for Shia LaBeouf being gone. The only thing I miss is the Shia LaBeouf. Bumblebee relationship, like I really like that, mm. like whole guardian relationship, because Bumblebee kind of seemed useless without Shadowbuff's character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely excited for that. In some other casting news, John Boyega of Star Wars fame has been cast as the lead role in Pacific Rim Two. That's really nice. I'm glad that he's getting like work outside of Star Wars because he was really, really good in Star Wars. And I think he could do really well in that movie. I'm I really loved Pacific Rim. I, I was sold from mm-hmm. them when I saw the trailer. Like, Giant robots versus aliens. What more do you want? Yeah. yeah. Like honestly, so I love that movie. And you had Charlie Day in it. So I'm really, really looking forward to the sequel. Uh, Starts filming in November, so we should look forward to that. And then uh, coming out of more DC casting news, Legends of Tomorrow is confirmed to add Vixen to the cast with a slight twist. Unfortunately, it will not be the actress that we've seen playing Vixen. She has been signed on to another show, so they are going back in time and using the previous incarnation of Vixen on the show. What? Her role is being left open for Flash and Arrow to come back at, at her points when her contract is done, but unfortunately for Legends... She is not going to be available for filming. Isn't that a drag? That's, and if you could see this at home, people, Robert is letting out a slight yeah, silent that, tear. That is a, that's more than a silent tear. That's just like disappointing. She's a really good actress. I appreciated her, and in that in that brief time that we saw her in Arrow, it was really fun to see her on screen. Uh, she brought life to that character, and I think she does the voice in the animated show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. that was the last the good episode of Arrow. <laughs> and I was like, and you're like, oh, and now it's no longer fun. Yep. I, I can't believe the hate that Arrow's getting. I'm glad that I don't watch it, but it seems like they have really turned on that show. Yeah, it was pretty funny. The uh, I browse Reddit a lot, and uh, the Arrow subreddit. Turned over, over to Daredevil. Turned into yeah. a Daredevil subreddit. I don't so. even know anything about Reddit, but I knew that had happened. So yeah, definitely looking forward to that. I mean, I'm excited to see who they're going to do with Legends. I like the idea of a new cast every season with the new storyline. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, they uh, still have a lot of the other returning cast as well. Now, last casting news uh, we have here is coming out of Marvel, and that is Spider-Man: Homecoming has added a new young actor. Did you guys grab his name? Michael Barbie. Barbary. 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 Uh, relatively unknown guy. No rumor on his role yet. I'm kind of thinking Harry Osborn. Uh, everything that I've seen pointed to like a reimagining of uh, Ganky from Miles really? Morales Spider-Man. Hmm, I'm He's cast to, as Peter's best they're friend. They're really going but, deep cuts with this because with the rumors of the villains being Vulture and Tinkerer, mm-hmm. I really like that idea. And then I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do for the Mary Jane or if they're going to go with Gwen again. I don't really care about the female lead. Or maybe Liz Allen. But they've, they've cast that young African American woman as possibly Black Cat. So. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, the what it says on IMDb is she's cast as Michelle, so whoever Michelle is. Michelle I would like Pfeiffer? to see them go cat, that route and cat. have, like, the black cat romance type thing rather yeah. than, like, a Mary Jane or Gwen, because then you have the duality. I it's kind of like the, the Electric uh, Daredevil I loved in thing. the Ultimate Spider-Man comics when Black Cat keeps trying to seduce Peter and she finally gets his mask off and he's a 15-year-old kid and she freaks out and runs away because she's, <laughs> like, in her 20s. I'm excited. I, I know that at Comic-Con we'll probably get some more casting announcements as far as Spider-Man goes, but it looks like it's shaping up to be a great movie. 
Uh, one of the biggest announcements, though, that I don't even think should be a casting decision is that Superman is coming to Supergirl on the CW. Not as a flashback, not as a blurred sun face. The first two episodes of season two will feature the Man of Steel himself. I am personally one of those fans signing the petitions to get Tom Welling back. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a great way to tie in the continuity, and I don't think it's that far-fetched seeing the way that Berlanti and them have brought back characters that have played these on previous shows. I think that, that it would be a home run to bring him back. What are your guys' thoughts on Superman joining I'm, in? Who would you cast? Well, I'm really excited because I can't wait to see Cisco geek the hell out over seeing an alien superpowered <laughs> being like Superman. And also, I would probably cast Dean Cain. Now, can but I say he's already on the show? <laughs> I know, but he's just so good. Can I interrupt for one second? Because this is another rumor that has been fulfilled. Remember, we were talking a couple weeks ago about how something may have been changing because of the fact that they had been explicitly told in the CW shows you couldn't use Batman or Superman, mm-hmm. but now that's changing. So I'm really, really excited to do that. That leads me to believe we might even get a Martha Wayne and Thomas Wayne flashpoint. If we're going to get straight up Superman on Supergirl, Really, really excited to see where they go with that. But I think Welling is just the number one choice. He said that he's willing to do it. Yeah. I mean, it brings in so much continuity. He's older now, too, so he looks like a more A a Superman that's been doing it for a while. Comicbook.com put up a mock-up of what he looked like right now, and I was such a fan of Smallville. Like, I know a lot of people didn't like it because of the whole no flights, no tights thing, but I thought that they—it was—I followed it from end to end, from the day it premiered to the day to end, so— I think that'd be a great little callback. Needless to say, I'm excited to see him join the Supergirl. Uh, but that leads us to Stephen Amell at a con this weekend had announced that there will, in fact, be an epic four-night crossover of all four of these shows. And it appears that bringing Supergirl into the universe will be written with, I quote, one sentence can fix all of that. Oh, I did hear him say that. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like that they have their plan to incorporate Supergirl into this universe, and there's going to be a massive... Now, think about how great the Arrow and Flash crossovers have been. Mm-hmm. And then we got a really little good. bit of Legends last year. How amazing is a four-night crossover going to be? Guarantee you the Arrow episode will be the weakest, but... I'm not going to say that. I, it, I think when we talk about some of the things that have happened on Arrow, just a quick back, uh, I think with when they focused on Legends of Tomorrow... That Stephen Amell and a lot of the cast were pissed off that a lot of the writing went to that, and maybe hopefully this season, as they're getting back in the writing room, they can have that focus back on the show because it did kind of go off the rails. With this Fortnite crossover, I'm really I'm hoping for Crisis on Infinite Earths. That'd now be so awesome. If it just here. started Dark off the, with yeah. the with the crossover. All yeah. the shows start off. With now the let's crossover. speculate here. The crossovers are always episode eight. They're always done in the Christmas quarter. So you got to figure at that point, eight episodes in, could it be a a Flashpoint-based crossover where Barry is trying to get the help of all the different people in that universe, see where it goes there, or could it be the Flashpoint has been solved and that somehow triggers the crisis on Infinite Earth? I think it's with the, the latter here. I think whatever he solves Flashpoint, whatever he has done to the timeline uh, based on what's happened, I know, I know DC's been kind of tight-lipped about what's happened, or CW's been kind of tight-lipped about what's happened since that, but you can't not mention that Barry went back in time and changed stuff. Yeah, changed I, everything. I really don't think that we can speculate anything anymore because with the simple fact that that Superman announcement means that big, big things have changed as yeah. far as the, the TV and movie universes. So, I mean, they might be letting them do straight-up Flashpoint. Who knows? 
Mm. I mean, I I doubt we're going to get Wonder Woman or Aquaman, but I think they're going to be able to use a lot more elements of that storyline than we thought that they were going to be able to do two weeks ago. Maybe they'll do something with the Thanagarians instead of Atlantis and Themyscira going to war. This is just, yeah. it, I mean, it's so huge to me, the fact that Superman, like, this was it, this was like the, the Iron Wall. No Superman, no Batman. Anything mm-hmm. we're doing in movies, you can't do. Think about it. They made him kill off the Suicide Squad on the shows and everything yeah, else which like was that. so dumb. And it appears Tom Cavanaugh and everyone else speaking out might have actually made some waves because th- there's no way that Superman coming on, even if just for his two episodes, doesn't mean that there's huge See, I don't understand so- why we can have two Supermans and two Flashes, but we can't have two Amanda Wallers. I feel like she's the Nick Fury of the DC Universe. She I shouldn't do- be dying in a... Like basically off camera, like she did on Arrow. Uh, looks like some more Suicide Squad reviews hit from a possible test screening this week. Getting really, really strong reviews, saying one of the best DC movies ever. Jared Leto's Joker is extremely well done. Killer Croc, apparently, and Diablo are two of the, the scene stealers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Harley Quinn, of course, lights up the screen. Definitely looking forward to that. Seems like some of those reshoots might have paid off. And uh, what do you guys think about Jared Leto's Twitter this week? I don't think it's reshoots. He's back in the Joker uniform. I think he's in Justice League. It's possible. Possible. I mean, they've shown J.K. Simmons working out. Jack! Wow. Oh, my God. It's like, you know, for a guy his age to get that, get, you know, get that big... Yeah, you know he's... You he's know. going for that ex-Marine Commissioner we, Gordon. Yeah. I'm still really blown awesome. away that Justice League has been filming a month and a half now. We have no set picks. We have nothing. Yeah, they're, they're, It's I, all on a green I, screen. I, it's all on a green <laughs> screen, but he, I'm not going to say it's on a green screen. I, I think DC learned a lot from the Batman v Superman leak, leaks as well as the ju- uh, Suicide Squad leaks last year on how to, you know... Do damage control. <laughs> Do damage control and keep a tight lid on the set. So uh, We also did get our official title. There was many rumors of the Justice League title this week. Jeff Johns came on and said this movie will be just called Justice League. And the outrage from fam I couldn't believe the, oh, it's too simple, this and that. But then when Marvel came out, we're calling this movie The Avengers. Like, so simple, yet so effective. Yeah. But because we call it Justice League, it gets the hate. It's just ridiculous, the dual sides there. Uh, one of the other great announcements from Supergirl this week is that they have cast Lex Luthor's sister, which I really know not much about, let alone the version of her that they're going to be doing. But uh, I like to see that aspect of the Luthers coming. So that, that's an even bigger change. I mean, you're bringing in Superman. You're bringing in a version of a Luther. Like, some big, big things are happening over at the CW. So I'm not putting – until July starts and things start filming, like, I'm, my mind is running wild right now. What yeah, we I'm ju- I just Could don't even want to think Superman about it because there's the so Flash? many possibilities. Could we see Superman in the Flash? Absolutely. Yeah, you could. Absolutely. I mean it- – I guess what I'm looking forward to again is whatever they do, it's going to be interesting and it's going to stand out and it's going to make that must-see television for those four nights and going forward for the CW because those are really good shows, especially The Flash. Um, I mean, the biggest mystery for me is what they're going to do with Jay Garrick, how big he's going to be in season three of The Flash, and then if he does go over to Legends, I think it would be dumb to not put him as the leader of the Legends team, especially if you're not going to have Rip Hunter back. Well, he might not be with uh, he might not be with the Legends. He might be running the Justice Society. Yeah, the Justice Society is Legends. This well, not really. I mean, the there's the Legends of Tomorrow, which are Rip Hunter's team. They do like all the time stuff, and then there's the, the Justice Society, who's going to be helping them next season. I wonder if they changed the uh, Central City Police Department background now, because that is the Justice Society. If you yeah. ever looked at it on the show, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, one thing we just want to acknowledge here, real quick, on the show is the passing of Muhammad Ali. 
uh, arguably the greatest fighter of all time, but a great humanitarian as well. Sad to see him go the way that he did. So, uh, you guys, any thoughts on Muhammad yeah, Ali? Uh, definitely one of those guys who, when you look at it from a larger standpoint, had an effect on boxing, um, had an effect on history for his, uh, his stance on the Vietnam War. Lost, yeah, lost civil rights. Civil rights. He lost his career because of that. Three and a half years in his prime. Uh, and uh, and then, you know, sadly, uh, you know, getting the Parkinson's disease, which has certainly affected him. Uh, in a larger in a larger standpoint, it's also kind of sad to see that, again, with this great impact, boxing is not as big as it was without MMA taking over, and it just kind of kind of hurts boxing to lose one of its major icons and he wasn't just not, he was a a cultural icon. icon there's yeah. there's no one that can compare the way that he transcended politics. I mean, there's videos of him talking dudes off of ledges. He tried to rescue Daniel Pearl, who was a famous reporter where I'm from, that was beheaded over in Iraq. Like the way that he got involved with issues mm-hmm. in the day was amazing. But just wanted to pay our respects to the Ali family. Truly a great man gone. Uh, and that's going to lead us into some happier notes here, and that is a our quick review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Out of the Shadows. Uh, don't want to get into too much here for those of you that haven't seen it, but Anthony and I have seen it, and I really thought that this was a great movie. I'm not going to say it's the strongest sequel, but it's not by far a bad movie. I would seen some mediocre reviews of it. I thought it was great. We're going to get into a spoiler-free review here, so just basically a quick rundown of the movie itself. Now, Anthony, were you a fan of the original the one, the, of 2014, the first one, the twenty fourteen. Not at all. Okay, so that's where we differ here because I loved it. I yeah. loved the take on the turtles. I loved the storyline, the, the, the plot and stuff like that was weaker. That being said, this movie had a much stronger plot. Oh I yeah, it was way better. And it it really picked up from beginning to end. There's not really any dull moments in this movie. The first two minutes, they're fighting. Ten minutes in, it's like the first big battle scene. I I definitely think they nailed. Bebop and Rocksteady. We're, they nailed they Bebop and Rocksteady. I liked the, them being up, like the, the whole idea of them being above ground more, like the Halloween scene yeah. of Mikey blending in. And there's the duality of, you know, Donatello and Leonardo that are happy being turtles, and then with the possibility of the ooze turning them human, Raphael and Michelangelo want to become human because they just want to be different. But just the little things like them taking in the Knicks game, all the stuff that they seem to have just grown up and, like, taken over the city now was really cool. Bebop and Rocksteady flawlessly executed. That being said, Shredder, completely useless in this movie. Useless. And they kind of made him look like a punk Totally useless. He had no—he's Indiana Jones. Like, the plot completely moves without him. Yep. He, he was not needed to be there at all. But then again, this movie was fan service through and through, from ringtones playing the old-school 90s theme song mm. to the turtle van to the, the ridiculous— I love the turtle van that shot— uh, manhole covers. Manhole covers and right then Chuck's Gigantagus. Right from my toy box. And then th- I think by far this was the best movie at displaying the brotherhood aspect of the Turtles. Mm-hmm. Like the unity aspect was there and seeing the division of like Mikey and Raph one, wanting to become human and Leo and Dun- trying to Just hide the it whole, from them. The whole concept of brotherhood and everything is really important in this movie. And for this to be said that the CGI characters, which everyone complained about last time, carried this movie because the human characters are pretty much completely useless. You know, Megan Fox is there for eye candy. Stephen Amell was all right as Casey Jones, but he's a TV actor. Like, he did pretty well for a motion picture, I thought. He did pretty well, but I didn't buy the whole I'm a cop and now I'm a vigilante yeah, type yeah. thing. So for his first feature film, like, he did great. But Tyler Perry was pretty good as Baxter Stockman. Hopefully we see him back as a fly at some point. Yeah, he point. was kind of like a... Uh... 
It's kind of like a Neil Tyson ripoff. The only thing that didn't really make sense to me was the whole ooze aspect of it. If you watch the first Ninja Turtles movie, apparently the mutagen was in their blood, and April's dad and, and Eric Sachs created it. And then suddenly in this movie, Krang just hands Shredder a, a jar of purple ooze that they synthesized to mutate them. So it's kind of weird ways of, of creating the ooze in a different way. Um, that being said, strong movie. Special effects were amazing in this film. Um, I like that they all the motion cap actors are back, so you got all the same voices, things like that. Definitely get out there, check out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Out of the Shadows in 3D, if possible. Definitely was I saw it in it. the 4X, so it was all the, the four, that wind. You, you got and, your four, four, first yeah, 4D did, movie. How'd you like it? It was really interesting. I wasn't expecting it to be so it's rough. It's something you got to pick your movie good. very carefully. Exactly. With. I kind of wish that I saw a movie that I would be really into. Alice was insane. Oh, yeah. Dude falling through Wonderland, yeah, yeah. the flowers, and then the whole movie of Alice takes place on the ocean. So you're getting sprayed oh, cool. constantly with water. Yeah, and everything. When, when I saw Turtles, there was a part where Bebop and Rocksteady are at a bar and they drink like a shot of whiskey or something. And then this odor just came out of the chair that was the grossest, like stale beer smell. It was so disgusting. And one thing that they did keep in this movie that I really love is Mikey's crush on April. Like, anytime him and April and Casey are together, he's always got to interrupt just to see what's going on. Just the little moments. So the little nuances there. Definitely tons of Easter eggs in this movie. Check it out. She was terrible. She was terrible, Mega but her, her schoolgirl scene oh, was great man. to me. So that's all I needed to see. Uh, one thing that I do want to talk about here. Are you guys watching Silicon Valley at all? Haven't watched it at all. I haven't been watching it, but I am a fan because it's just... The whole cast is It's incredible. picking up amazingly well, and it's starting to get really, really high ratings. It's becoming one Third of TV's season? top shows. Third season. Uh, it's about to wrap up in a couple of weeks. It runs the same 10 weeks that Game of Thrones does every oh, okay, year. Yeah. Uh, great, great show. Uh, Thomas Middleditch, TJ Miller. He is so funny. Uh, Numal Kanjuini, or I, I don't know what pronounce the number on Zach Kumail. Woods. Kumail Najini. Yeah. Uh, very great cast. And Martin Freeman from the Apatow Gang, Freaks and Geeks. Is no, in that's it. not Martin Freeman. That's Martin Starr. Martin, Martin Freeman. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Martin Bilbo. Freeman. Martin is this Star. is what happens when you're running out 48 hours of no sleep. I'm just blending the Martins. But it's a very, very great show that I think you guys definitely should be checking out. Did you ever see Party Down with Martin Starr? I love Party, Party Down. Down. That is one yeah. of my favorite series of all time. And that, what a cast. Yeah, that was a cast. It was like, wow. Lizzie Kaplan, Adam Scott, uh, Ken Marino. And um, Jane. Ah, Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch. Was she was that. replaced by Megan Mullally. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is a show. If you haven't seen that show, that is a show to watch. It's an old stars sitcom. Um, I'm I work in catering, so mm -hmm. there is there's just so much of that in my <laughs> life. So it is so relatable for me. Yeah. So now into a couple rumors, and those are also coming out of the DC universe. They actually lighten things up this week. Uh, rumor has it that of the two additional DC movie release dates that were announced last week, one of them is said to be Lobo. Now, that is a movie I never thought would get made, let alone I, just, I don't really see how they're going to make it. What are you guys' thoughts on a Lobo movie, and who would you cast? Uh, I think Lobo is basically DC's Deadpool. I go Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo, would, mm. he would, and he has outspo been outspoken that he would love to play Lobo. I think I, DC I, just wants that like ultraviolent R-rated movie like Deadpool. I just feel like with Booster Gold and yeah. and this and that, it's like you're Booster picking Gold. the wrong character. Get Green Lantern back on track first. Like get your Justice League where it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, but it's again, it's it's DC being slightly reactionary because it's like, wow, look at how well Deadpool did and Batman and Ant Man, and, and, Man. and so you want to get these like we can make these obscure characters more pertinent in the universe if we and if you long as you can make some 
good casting choices. Now, for like, if I'm looking at Lobo, I don't know who would I go. It's I would like to have Dave Bautista because I think it would be nice to have, but he's already doing Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm th- trying to think of another. No, he's locked up. Like, yeah, he, he's he's, lo- he's locked up for them forever. But Keep in mind, try- he was a wrestler, so they got him one of those like nine yep. year deals. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm trying. I'm trying to think of another wrestler that might be interesting in doing that because that's the really the guy, only guys I can really see doing that outside of Danny Trejo. Um, Maybe like Roman Reigns or something. Yeah, he's not a very good actor. You know, he's just Mick Foley. He's got the look though. He's got the. He's got. But you need somebody who can talk. And obviously, if anybody watches WWE, Roman Reigns is not a good talker. No, not at all. <laughs> and so. Uh, I mean, like, you'd probably get somebody like Triple H maybe because you can pull him out, but then you'd have to grow his hair long again. But that's – Johnny Dreho would be a perfect casting for that outside of a pro wrestler. So if anybody has a pro wrestler name that you think, throw it out there in the comments. I definitely would like to see that. And then in a Marvel bit of rumored casting news, it is said that uh, Norman Reedus may be up for the role of Ghost Rider for the Netflix. What? It's not just him fan campaigning. There's actual talks behind it. Mm-hmm. Is that – is a uh... – a Ghost Rider show confirmed for Netflix? It appears Officially that, confirmed? well, here's what is the rumor mill, and this is from Latino Review, and they really never seem to be wrong. It's said that after Defenders comes out, the next slate of Marvel Netflix shows is going to be Moon Knight, yeah. Blade, Ghost Rider, and then th- that's Hellcat is the one that I've heard talk Hellcat? about. Hellcat? That yeah. would be awesome. awesome. Because they're talking, I mean, like, that's what we're supposed to see in whenever, I, I know they recently greenlit Jessica Jones season two, and we're supposed to see... Patty become that oh, character. That would be so cool. I like Hellcat. Which I'm excited to see. I really, uh, th- that as a fourth one would be great, but I'd rather kind of see a She-Hulk series. I would love to see a She-Hulk. That would be really cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I am looking forward to, it appears that the Gambit movie is all but dead at this point. And Channing Thanks. Tatum apparently may be jumping universes. There are strong rumors coming out now that he has been added to the Flash movie as Captain Cold. And honestly, I don't have a problem with that. I have way less of a problem with that mm. than I did with him as Gambit. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, the, the production hell for that film, that, they just can't... Uh, if if I were Marvel right now or if I were Fox doing that, I would try to see if we could bring in Gambit in the next X-Men film, introduce him that way, see what the response is, and then try to go for a movie. I, have, I like Channing Tatum as Captain Cold, I have to say. And it's said that we'll get our full Flash cast at Comic-Con, but as Anthony and I discussed yesterday, I have it on strong authority that we have our reverse Flash, and I am ecstatic. It is said that Ray Fiennes has signed on to be Eobard Thawne. Mm. And apparently they're taking from the TV show, and he will be in a wheelchair at the time as to throw them off and things like that. But, I mean, if you've seen... Mm. It's going to basically be the plot of Have you seen Ray Fiennes with his hair slicked back and things like that? Like, he is Eobard Yeah, he's pretty terrifying. And I liked the age difference between him and Barry would make sense. Like, I really, really like that casting. If that turns out to be true, I don't have a problem with that at all. Mm -hmm. Voldemort playing, you know, Voldemort. But one of my favorite roles for him was was in Bruges. Yeah. And, uh, man... That's actually, I like that casting. I do like that casting. Quick Ray Fiennes story that I have because of the love of Alan Rickman. At one time, Alan Rickman and Ray Fiennes lived in the same flat in New York City, and they were both terrified of anybody finding out, and no one could understand why. He's like, can you imagine what would happen if people found out that Voldemort and Snape lived in the same flat? (laughs) So it was terrifying for them. And then the last rumor is not even so much a rumor. It's been confirmed at this point. One of the reasons the Gambit movie may have been kicked is the rights to Namor have apparently reverted back to Mars. Marvel. Thank God. The Submariner. I hate him. Like I just really. He's, I, get I he's think the he's first awesome. Mutant, but he swims. Like so, he's the, he's also the king of the sea. And how though. can he fly? And Aquaman can't. Well, Aquaman can fly sometimes. It depends. 
when who you're reading. He's flown before. I've seen him flying in Justice League cartoons. Have and... you seen that the Flash can apparently fly now for small distances? He can create if he small runs far enough, he can create like a thermal under his feet that on. he can run on. Hmm. There's a sick panel in one, uh, the last volume of the Flash that I'm reading where this dude takes off in a plane and he's like, "I'm gone," Flash, and the Flash literally just starts going and literally runs Is up that about a like thousand feet. Like the first to the New Fifty Two volume, yeah. yeah. And then he then he phases the or he vibrates the, the plane, through, plane a bridge. through a bridge. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, that's a really good story. Francis Manipal's art on that is unparalleled. But Namor, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on possibly replacing Gambit with that? What are your thoughts of bringing him into the universe? I love it. I, I think Namor is an awesome, like, anti-hero or a villain. Mm-hmm. He works so well. I mean, I would love to see him with Fantastic Four, but that's another story. And we're hearing tons of talk. All the Avengers cast is coming out, the X-Men coming out. There's a lot of people talking about now about how they want the X-Men to cross over with the Avengers. And it's not us fanboys. It's people in the business. Yeah, I mean, that's been talked for years. Hugh Jackman is, has been direly wanted to fight the Hulk. I mean, we've talked He'd about He'd come that. out of retirement for it. He would, like, if there were one reason for him to don the claws for one last time, it would be to do that kind of movie. And especially with the A, uh, the a versus X storyline. That's what I'm hearing. I you, really you think that 2020, that. we might get an Avengers X-Men. Well, you know, here's my, here's my, you know, tin hat theory here is thinking about the Inhumans. Yes, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. probably overplayed their hand a little bit, but, and Marvel's felt they needed to cancel it. But, Hope of hopes, maybe that they've come to a deal with Fox and they're going to say, you know, because they were supposed to go 2018 with the Inhumans or 2019. Maybe they've come to a deal with Fox. We just don't even know. I think it, it has to be at this it, point. It, and and that's the reason why they were two being pulled. Like, uh, and they you know, even say it. Well, you got to look at both companies pulled mutant related movies. Yes. I mean, and the thing behind it is, is you don't even have to give up what, like what Sony gave up Fox, make this one movie with them and then go back to making your own movie. You will make the highest grossing movie of all time. Hands down. Are you telling me right now that if Avengers and X-Men were confirmed to cross over, that would not be the highest grossing movie of all time? You just do the A vs. X storyline. That's it. It, I mean, easy. I mean, like you have the cast. I I think you would get fast. I mean, you would get Ian McKellen back in a heartbeat. You'd get Stuart back in a heartbeat. All the original X-Men have said they would do anything to cross over with the Avengers, but the Hulk Wolverine fight alone would draw in billions of dollars. I mean, think about the CGI Hulk that we have now. Imagine yeah. five years from now what they could do. Oh, absolutely. And, and especially with the old, I mean, when you talk about some of the old man Logan stuff. Which is, Weapon X is apparently the title of the third Wolverine movie, which I don't really? have a problem with. But think about this. They do that crossover in 2020, then you can really play ball and do an old man Logan. Logan story, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh. the, the possibilities are endless here. I'm really excited for it. Uh, also excited for Thor Ragnarok. Jeff Goldblum spoke out this week about playing the Grandmaster. Apparently, he's being told to improv a lot of the character, and he's basically a hedonist. He's a guy that loves finding pleasure, so we're looking forward to seeing that. And apparently, it is going to pluck elements from Ragnarok and Planet Hulk. We're going to see some gladiatorial matches with the Hulk. He's said to have his traditional left armor uh, and the merged consciousness with Banner, so I'm really excited to see that. And apparently, Thor is rocking a shaved head. Mm. Yeah, Odinson. Way to go. So definitely interested to see that. It's going to be, I think we'll get our first trailer for that at Comic-Con. And speaking of Comic-Cons, the next two weekends, Anthony and I here will be covering Northeast Comic-Con and then Massive Comic-Con, getting some great celebrity and cosplay interviews for you guys. We'll make sure to post some links, and if you have any questions for any guests, make sure that you get them to us. 
And also wanted to just mention uh, for you nerds out there that are trying to cut the cable cord, Hulu announced this week they are going to be live streaming TV starting in January from all the major networks. Oh, wow. So rather than waiting your you know, 12 hours for everything to come over, all the major networks are going live, and it's only going to be a $5 difference a month. And that is crazy because I've heard of Sling, which is like a, mm-hmm. a, a base cable service, but for Hulu to be making that jump is, is huge. They're basically telling Comcast, companies like that, to just screw up. Well, I mean, it's... Hulu is owned by Comcast, so they haven't died. That was one of the things where it's slightly owned by them. So maybe well, I mean, it doesn't really matter because you need internet anyway, anyway. so you're going to pay well, Comcast for internet. They get these contracts that Netflix can't get with all the networks and everything else yeah. like that. So I've just recently discovered Hulu. I love it. It's yeah. great. But the idea of going live is really cool to me. Yeah. And uh, lastly, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child began its preview showings last night, the official eighth entry in the Harry Potter franchise. The stage play? Stage play in London, which thankfully I have tickets to see in late August. Cannot wait. Uh, Where? In New York or Boston? No, in London. Oh, really? Yeah. You going to London, Chuck? Yeah, it's sold out for the next year. Wow. But um, it's a two-night play and a lot of outrage because the woman playing Hermione was cast as black. By no means am I racist, but I understand this for the simple fact that you have eight books, you have, I mean, seven books, and you have eight movies of a character. It's not like taking the West from the comic books, where you just had comic books, things like that, and then you make them black and nobody cares. You have a character that you watch to grow up in this and that, and now suddenly she's black, and they have a black daughter. Well, I think it's for the stage production, and also in the books, she never. I'm just saying, if it's supposed to be the official Mm -hmm. entry. But I mean, the movies aren't. Really, I mean the the stage play is part of the books canon, not the movies canon. I don't know. I just I personally disagreed with that particular casting, not because of the race, just because of it. The other characters they went through so much trouble to make sure that they looked like Harry, they looked like Ron, and this and that, and it mm. just seems like they were like, yeah, she's black, mm. just let it go. But needless to say, J.K. Rowling has spoken out and asked people seeing this play to not spoil it online like that's ever going to happen. Uh, The screenplay will be released in book format on July 31st. uh, But needless to say, there is tons of hype behind this play. This this July 31st? Yes, July 31st. Oh, I've already got mine pre-ordered. We'll be at the midnight release. It's the. uh, But here's the, the real question for you guys. Harry Potter is the highest grossing movie franchise of all time. Do you see any way that five, maybe even ten years from now, they don't make this into a movie? The whole premise is it's 19 years after what happened in the Harry Potter movies. You wait five, ten years from now when Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, them are actually about that age. There's no way that they don't make it. This is a billion dollar movie just sitting there. No, oh, yeah, no. There's they, no they, way it stays. They, a there's play. no. There's no way that it doesn't stay that way. Um, it, even if they just make it to DVD, like a DVD version, but there's no. no so it'll be a thing. It'll, it'll be a thing. I mean, with the, the fantastical creatures coming out, it shows that there's still people are still craving for the Harry Potter universe. And um, you know, and here's the thing about Fantastic Beasts. First of all, and with the play, J.K. Rowling wrote both of these, so mm-hmm. it's straight from the direct. But J.K. Rowling never wrote any screenplays for the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. She wrote and executive produced the Fantastic Beasts trilogy. So mm-hmm. this is. All new stuff that she created. Oh wow, that's gonna be a trilogy, huh? Yeah, it's a, it's a trilogy. It's uh, it's. I can't even tell you how excited I am for this movie, and we get to see the American Wizarding School, their four houses. Apparently, American Wizards are like the Down Syndrome version of <laughs> Wizards. They haven't had it as long, so they don't really know what you can do and things like that. So I'm extremely excited to see mm-hmm. that. But the fact that she's got her hands right in there, but. There's no way this doesn't get made into a movie, in my opinion. And the fact that it takes place years later just lends itself to that even more. Mm-hmm. I would love to see an Order of the Phoenix prequel 
with all those guys running around, that'd be great. Well, I mean, Fantastic Beasts is our prequel. It's 70 years before. Sure, but I'm not talking 70 years. I'm talking like I would 30. like to see, the, the yeah, uh, Harry Potter's parents in school. I mean, anything Harry Potter is going to draw me in, I'm ecstatic for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely if you guys are not able to get to London, make sure you buy the uh, adaptation of The Cursed Child available July 31st. And uh, just lastly, I want to recommend that the, the new ESPN 30 for 30 is a five-part special on OJ making a killer. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the OJ Who's case. Cuba? I love the people. Huh? No, the, no, that was the people versus OJ Simpson. This is all actual footage and stuff yeah. like that, but it's a five-part series. I don't know if you ever watch any of the 30 for 30s. The 30 for 30s are really, really good short films um, done on a variety of subjects. That you know, It's like sports-related where they'll talk about. Broke, where broke is the best one. Broke I've is ever the best one. Dude. If you've ever seen that, it's like how the, how these guys. <laughs> My do. favorite line in that where he goes, "Man, I walked in one day and bought a coat for like seventy five thousand dollars made out of wolf, and I wore that thing like one time, man." Yeah. <laughs> and it's like how they how they lose their money. There's ones on um, Rand University talking about uh, with Randy Moss. The U. The U. They had two of those with the U. Uh, the broke the, one though He's like dude They talk about like He would show up In a Lamborghini To practice one day So I was like I can't have that man So the next day I gotta show up In an even more expensive car. car And these dudes would j- And he's like For some reason We all had car washes Yeah <laughs> it, it, it was It's really really They do really really good films And it's just really short uh, Great sports documentary subjects and They did one on the Red Sox In 04 or, And so they, they have um, To see them kind of Doing the OJ series Is gonna be interesting five parter like, ooh, it's pretty long. Yeah, they're all normally like an hour. Like they did, uh, the one I just watched the other day was the Duke Lacrosse rape. Could not believe how corrupt that whole case was and everything else like that and how much those dudes got screwed up. But I highly recommend them. They're all on yeah. Netflix. But I definitely just want to get that one out there because that's definitely some new TV to watch. Guys, any uh, polls, any news this week that you want to drop in there? Um... Really sad that we only got three more episodes of Game of Thrones left. Oh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about Game of Thrones. Yeah, I forgot that was on this week. Here's a theory that I heard going around at all. I heard that this might be like some Fight Club situation that Arya is the waif. And what we saw was Arya killing the Arya part of herself off and finally becoming no one. Ooh. Ooh. That I like because yeah. I didn't like the because, whole idea of her here, going the, all the way to Bravos and then turning around and leaving. Here's the reasoning behind it. Arya and the Waif are only ever seen by Jock and Hagar. Yep. The Waif is never seen by anybody else. Anytime Jock and Hagar wants to talk to Arya, he makes the Waif leave the room, as if he's saying, I don't need the violent, crazy Waif right now. I need to talk to real Arya. They like that. And in that order way, to truly become no one, yes, she had to kill herself. That way they can get that same twist that they had in the books, but in like a visual medium. Thoughts mm. on that, Robert? Oh, wow, man. That's Inception me. I like oh. that, yeah. I, but it makes sense. Whoa. Think about it. The waif has never been seen by anybody. She can always tell where Arya is. Oh, that, old, would, that would be a she's really cool able to twist. Find her. And when Jockey Nakar gave her permission to go kill Arya, he had like this little smile on him, like, oh, she's finally accepting her destiny. Mm-hmm. What do you guys? I mean, I think that's, that's a just, really that's awesome. I, I just was like, I was like, man, it was like straight out of prison where it's like, hey, sweet thing. And then she shanked her, and you're like, yeah. I was like, a few times. I was like, <laughs> and it's like stabbed her in the stomach. And it's like, one, hey, you know, Shades of Jon Snow last year. Yep. And, uh, but I, I was just really surprised by that. I think one of the things that just stuck out to me is just I had no idea what was happening. I was just like, okay. Um, when I watched the episode, it was, let's also just not for mention, the hound is alive. The hound, hound awesome. is alive. Um, I was a little, the only thing I was upset about this, and just to spoilers for anybody who's listening, 
Uh, Ian McShane, one off. That is a they waste. They had hyped it up like he was a big it was character. A big, big character. I was hoping he was going to be Sam's dad. And I thought that was going to be. And Marjorie's not brainwashed. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, yeah she's I, one of my I, I thought that she was probably too show. smart for that. Yeah, she's just doing it to get her brother out. But one more thing about the uh, the whole Arya thing. If you go back and watch the scenes when Arya's blind and the waif comes and fights her in the streets and things like that, nobody, nobody else ever, sees it. Yeah, yeah, like it cuts to somebody looking at her and she just looks like she's flailing around It was by that herself. and it was the fact that Jockin never talks to Arya when she's there and the fact that no one ever sees her. It, like that's a really cool theory to me. I hope that that kind of plays out like that. Uh, but yeah, Game of Thrones definitely picking up. It was also announced that the finale is going to be 70 minutes, the longest episode of Game Whoa. of Thrones ever. Okay. So. That's definitely, a good chunk of time for TV. Definitely, definitely looking forward to that. If you're not watching Game of Thrones at this point, seriously, you're missing one of the best shows on television. I mean, the storytelling is amazing, the way that they can balance all these characters. I really want to see Littlefinger die this season, though. Uh, so he's, he's not the one I want to see die. Um, the guy really, Ramsey's Bolton, is the Randy. I, Bolton, I mean, I, Bastard vs. Yeah, Bastard, yeah, episode nine. I would really nine. like Ramsey Bolton to be flayed. Yeah, it's just that that that's what you're expecting towards the end of this one, and... Um, yeah, I have no idea. He just caused so much terror in his short, like, r- little reign. Like, it, it, again, like you brought up last week, is like, hey, he makes Joffrey look tame. Yeah. Tame. It's like, hey. Well, because Joffrey is a brat, yeah. but Ramsey is a grown-up, fully-fledged sociopath. My yeah. thing is they're going to have to start moving the walkers down a lot more quickly, because if we're only getting seven episodes next season and they're setting this in order, it seems like that this is all supposed to be like a big battle against the walkers, and then the rightful heirs to the Iron Throne will step up and help defeat the walkers and cast them back, but I mean... No, no, I mean, uh, there are so many storylines at play that we don't know where it's when going. When is winter coming? <laughs> it's, it's been six here. years. <laughs> it's, it's almost Christmas. Almost Christmas, yeah. But yeah, definitely check out Game of Thrones this week, Silicon Valley as well. There's also a great new TV show called Wrecked on TBS starring Reese Darby. It's basically a comedy oh, version Lost, of right? Lost. Yeah, hilarious. I checked out the pilot. It was oh, really, the whole really pilot good. is uh, available. Oh yeah, it's on demand, and it's hilarious. Reese Darby is by far the scene stealer of the show. So interesting. Definitely. Did you watch Lost? I, was I watched a huge Lost, Lost at points, and I just. I never got into it. I was a fringe guy. I want to see how closely related it is to Lost, because it looked like it was pretty spot on, like pilot for pilot. And then if you're looking to check out a stupid movie trailer, look no further than Eli Roth's movie Clown. Have you guys seen the trailer for this? No, I haven't mm-hmm. heard Oh, my it. God. It's a guy that hires a clown for his kid's birthday party. He doesn't show up, so he goes into his attic, digs up this weird clown outfit, but then attaches itself to him because it's the skin of a demon and slowly turns him nice. into a demon clown, like making his feet grow, nice. his nose falls <laughs> off. And so it, it's just like... That's crazy. It kind of reminds me of... Uh, do you remember that really old Kevin Smith movie, Vulgar? You ever seen that's that not, before? That's not Kevin Smith. That's Brian Johnson. Well, yeah, yeah it was like their whole thing. Know yourself, son. Oh, that movie is so bizarre. Brian Johnson, who Anthony and I will be interviewing at Terrificon in August, along with the rest of the cast of Comic Book Men and Jane Silent Bob themselves. Oh, oh. So definitely looking forward to everything, guys. Make sure you check out all of our shows, AC on DC, the Get Your Geek On podcast, Critics Corner, and Retro Reviews. As always, we'd love to hear any feedback from you guys and... For this week's Get Your Geek On podcast, I'm Charles Kiewatz. Robert Dokes. Anthony Arsenio. Get out to the movies and get out to your comic stores, guys. DC is killing it right now. Bye.